excessive rumination back in your life. My name is John Leo. You are listening to a podcast on the I'm Glad You Exist Network. Thank you for being here. My guest for today is a fantastic photographer called Sam Livam. Sam is not only an amazing photographer, but he is also the second guest to be on Excessive Rumination that is talking to us from Manhattan. Uh, A complete coincidence that this would happen, that episode one started with Jonathan Brookins. But uh, here we are again. I guess there's just something something about New York. There's some creative people there, and I like talking to them. So Sam is a photographer, and I very rarely like pigeonholing any photographer as saying they are specifically this. But for the context of this podcast, uh, it is worth being aware that Sam, the majority of his work, that at least that he shows to people is based around nude women and the work you have to see to understand how it all how it all kind of comes together because I can describe a picture to you Sam can probably describe a picture to you but it's not quite the same as experiencing it for yourself the the kind of the the mental tickle that we get from certain colors and textures we can see and even the context of what the image is showing the subject matter and everything so what i'm going to say what i'm going to advocate for is that before the podcast gets started or whilst it's going go to sam's website or go to sam's instagram and check out his work so you can go to his website which is www.samlivm.com or you can go to his Instagram, which is instagram.com forward slash Sam Livam one. And from that point, I think it will it won't take you long, which isn't to say anything for the depth of Sam's work, but it won't take you long to understand why his work is so special. Um Polite notice is I probably should have said this ahead of time. Don't do this if you're at work. <laughs> Hopefully the context of saying he is a photographer of nude women will have tipped you off that you shouldn't be going to this at your work computer. Um, so I accept no responsibility if that's just happened. But basically Sam is a photographer I've been following for a little while now. Probably, I want to say about a year. And I just find his work absolutely fascinating. And... I wanted to talk to him because this is a style of photography that I've dipped my toe in the sea of, but the manner in which he does it is a completely different form of reality to to what I'm aware of. And rather than just kind of seeing his work and just assuming how it works, what I want to do is I want to talk to him and I want to understand who the people are behind these images, because so often we see the image and all we kind of take from it is our own projection of it. Um, and what Sam does exceptionally well is these images look like they are intimate portraits between two people who are very strongly connected. And the truth of that is that's because they are, but it's it's more than that. It's more it's a relationship between model and photographer that I think a lot of people struggle to do in their own relationships. 
Um, so yeah, so I'm not going to keep talking because we, we get into so many topics around this. We get into everything from understanding the, the business side of nude photography to the adverse mental health issues of um, social media um, to to some some stories that Sam shares at the end uh, about when this industry turns insidious and when it's not good. Um, but it's a great conversation. Um, content warning is there's a lot of swearing, but <laughs> I guess if you're fine <laughs> with nude photography, you're probably fine with swearing. Um, but yeah, check out Sam's work for context whilst we're we're talking through this to enjoy your uh, to enjoy to help improve your listening experience um and just follow him after the fact if you like his stuff because it's it's just constantly surprising how different and exciting his work is uh and for a little bit of additional behind the curtain information because i think this this is important to know as well is that this is actually the first conversation that me and Sam have ever had. So other than me asking him to be on the podcast, where I slid into his DMs, uh, (laughs) as the doe-eyed flirt that I am, um, this is actually us talking for the first time. So we get to know each other as we're talking, which I think is, is important context because I am as interested in how this all works as I think any person who's not even in photography would be this isn't a side of photography where i'm acutely aware of how the business works how the relationships work and everything i'm as curious as someone who's seeing this for the first time would be so i think just take that context with you and hopefully as you've seen his images by now and you're listening to me talk these will be the same kind of questions that you might have as you were looking through his work and if you found yourself in conversation with him so, without further stalling, here is my conversation with Sam Livam. Right, mate. Well, it's it's a pleasure to have you you chatting here. Um, I'm just going to really just jump straight into things. Really, um, there's a few topics that I want to kind of cover with you. I've been doing a little bit of research on yourself. Um, this morning and it's interesting because you've got such a a wealth of work online but there's really not an extensive amount written about yourself is that yeah is that on purpose or semi i think i think when i like started and like you know like 2012 i think i i think instagram was still new and all these uh accounts had like you know hundreds of thousands and i think at that time hundreds of thousands was like you're a big time player i mean now everyone has like millions so um you know i I try to do like a bunch of interviews here and there to kind of get myself kind of introduced to other people i think you know it was just this wild west of trying to figure instagram out when things were still operating on a chronological order Hmm. uh i think like over the years i kind of just took a step back and just decided to not try to put myself out there as much. I don't know why. I think I'm so adverse to it. Uh, I think maybe it's because, like, you know, I've had my fair share of stalkers or some shit like that. Okay. But, uh, yeah, like, you know, it would be really weird where I remember I was at this party 
and it, I think it was, uh, it was for New Year's, and we were in Brooklyn, I was with my friends, you know, it seemed like it was a small group of people, and it was like 30 people, and this chick comes up to me, and she's like, oh, you're Sam Livin', right? I was like, yeah, like, like, <laughs> who do you know here? And she's like, no, 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 I just, I just, I just know your work, I'm such a big fan of your work. I was like, well, for, how do you know me? Like, I don't have pictures of me anywhere. Mm. on the internet like how do you and she was like saying all these things about like she was like oh i i know like you did this trip with this chick and da 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 you know me and her talked and i was like how do you know all these things and it's just it felt so um it just self i felt so out of place i was also on like a lot of mushrooms so like (laughs) it, it just sort of amplified how strange that kind of interaction was so i kind of just decided not that one incident, but I think after that, I just sort of was like, you know, I think maybe I just take a step back, let my work kind of speak for myself. Hmm. That's quite an interesting one, though, because it's almost like the the voyeuristic nature that someone was able to find out about you online and like the type of work that you do lends itself to just being completely exposed. So it's kind Absolutely. of it's weird, isn't it? Like that kind of juxtaposition. Um, there was actually. I meant to get to this later, but it's, it's a good time as any to get onto it. But there was a quote that I read. Um, uh, what was it? I can't remember who it was, but it was a it was a model talking about the experience of modeling nude and what that looks like in uh, in like 2020. And she made a comment that I'd be curious to get your thoughts on, which was. I won't shoot for male photographers who aren't comfortable with doing what I do. And I'm curious what your thoughts on that are. What does she do? As in, like, modeling nude. Like, if if the photographer themselves weren't comfortable with modeling nude, why would I want to do that for them? Oh. Hmm. Okay. Um. Okay. I mean, I mean, I think... I think there are people out there who have a beautiful perspective on life and maybe they're just still dealing with things about themselves that they might not be the most comfortable with. I think everyone kind of goes through their own challenges in life. Like for me, I'm, I'm incredibly comfortable with my body. I'll go to like nude saunas. I'll go skinny dipping with friends. It's not an issue for me. Is that what you're kind of hinting at? Sort well, of? it's, I guess it's the what I think is interesting and we're to, it goes on from what we're saying about um, your own presence online is when I first started following your work because your name is um, uh, what's the it's like, it's like an asexual name like Sam could be male or female for, for sure. the longest time I had no idea whether you were male or female right because you don't right. present yourself on there. And it was only through just seeing more of your stuff and like your Instagram stories and going like, oh, okay, that's what you actually look like. And yeah. I think the stigma of male photographers who shoot predominantly nude photography has been like, well, the stigma of it is that it's like, uh, like the Terry Richardsons of the world. Like, For I sure. think you're always going to be in a position where you explain what you do to most people and it's not always going to be met with a, a sense of like oh that's such a cool job you're going to have people being like a little bit cautious of it you know and I'm 
I think it's nothing nothing to do with what, anything you've done, just the representation of photographers throughout the years. And yeah. I guess what that model was getting at was maybe the photographers she's worked with have been on the the skeevier side of, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah. for her, it was like, well, if I'm going to let my guard down in front of a stranger, they need to be able to let their guard down in the same way that they can kind of understand right. it. Not that they would do it at the right. same time, just yeah. like as a thought experiment. So I was just interested what, what your thoughts were on that. Um, yeah, I thought about that a lot. I mean, it's... it's so I, I mean, I grew up in like New York and most of my close friends that I kind of went to high school with, who I skated with, they're all doctors now. Um, and you know, I'm like sort of like the odd one out of like trying to pave some way of trying to be an artist. And you know, they're bros, they're, you know, we play beer pong, we, we do rage cage, we do degenerate shit. And you know, I think when they kind of see my work, they're kind of like, oh, you must totally like fuck all these chicks, right? I'm like, no, like, has it ever occurred to you that I can just be friends with another woman and create some, like, dope pictures? Mm. Um, I think the, the, the idea of a male photographer potentially being skeevy or kind of creepy or just with ill intention is, I think it just, I think it kind of floats in everyone's mind. I think, I think models have just grown up smarter now to just be incredibly cognizant of using references and just being able to look at someone's work and be like okay if I'm going to shoot this work this might be what I get granted there are photographers out there that shoot certain things and then try to do something else um but I think that's kind of like I mean there's a lot of dudes with cameras these days Mm. and you know I don't think photography, the technicality of it is hard to say, you know, like once you kind of learn those basics of ISO and shutter speed and aperture and you can turn, you can take your lens cap off, like, you know, you can pretty much start shooting like nude people. Um, I think it's kind of exploded in the recent years. Um, Not to say that like I'm some hipster that came in and shot nudes before everyone else, but I mean, people have been shooting nudes for I mean, forever since, like, you know, Hugh Hefner, like, did Playboy. And even before that, I'm sure there's, like, some... There's, like, you know, drawings and stuff like that. Hmm. So, I I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, I think now, because there's just so many more models, so many more photographers, I think there's going to be more stories about it. Because I think when you're in this circle of an industry that is full of nude models, full of nude photographers... Um, it's really kind of like tight knit. Like we all kind of like know each other. So when some, you know, when you hear something inappropriate happening, like it kind of like circles its way through pretty quickly. But I think like now because like there's just millions and millions of people all within their own specific bubbles, um, it's really hard to like relay that information. I think that's why Instagram and all the people on it try to, you know, blow like blast people out and just you know just in case. Hmm. So um, perhaps what we could do then is talk specifically about your work in the, the actual work side of things. So, what, so if someone went on your Instagram and they see all your work, that's what you do full time or is that just what social media you put out? Like what, what is your job, so to speak? 
fuck, man. I'm all over the place. Um, but I think specifically for, for Instagram, I think it's sort of become just, I don't know, I, I guess it's sort of to become like, just like what I want to explore. I think hanging out with friends, I think focusing on like, in some weird way, subconsciously just exploring, uh, nature conservation, body positivity, um, and, you know, people kind of always misinterpret that. They can always kind of see it as uh, this is stuff to jerk off to. This is uh, some patriarchal shit. Um, but I think, you know, for me and how I interpret my own and what I try to put out to people is to uh, tell these stories of these wonderful friends or strangers who do become friends and do it in a beautiful place and hopefully, like, picture by picture kind of give people this understanding of how awesome nature can be and how awesome it is to meet strangers and not to be afraid of the body that you came in. Hmm. But so is it something, um, if we're talking about photographic work, is it something that you are, like you go out to these places on commission and you, you shoot with these models or is it something that you do more for like passion work and then you make like an income we don't need to get into the specifics of your income obviously but just whether photography is what you what you make your your money through is it like the shoots themselves accrue an income or because i know you you've got a patreon and things like that and is that that the images make money in different ways like like how how does that actually work um i mean i used to have a licensing agency um which i kind of got out of that contract um, so, you know, at some point, you know, photos were being sold for prints, uh, licensed to magazine publications, because I think at this point, the business model for magazines is not to pay mm. people, pay teams of people to uh, photograph stories, but more so of like, well, it's been shot already, can we just buy that? Um, it just cuts the hassle of just hoping to get a good photo when you can just buy the final result. Um, Patreon's like an income... Um, sometimes there's like private shoots, people hire me and that's stuff that I can't necessarily share to the public mm, world. They sometimes course, yeah, they yeah. keep it secret. Um, sometimes models pay me, sometimes, you know, but I think most of the work that you kind of see on my fucking, what is it, how many accounts, three accounts at this point <laughs> is, uh, it's mostly just like for fun. It's mostly uh, models and I kind of coming together, meeting up shooting having a good time and we kind of just split the the rights to the photos so that you know they can make some money off of it i can make some money off of it and all's good in the world oh okay cool so i guess that was kind of what i was saying is is the work that we see on your instagram that's you know is it just there's people that you know that you want to shoot with and you give them a shout say i'm going to be in this location at, at this time or is it more they'll say oh, i need images done or is it kind of bits and bits of both of that oh that's a good question um i mean i think this it, it's it's shifted so much i mean i think you know because i have a hard drive of all like the work that i've done and i'll look at like the amount of people that i shot per year and i think from like 2014 to 2018 i was like averaging about like 100 people if you think it's a hundred people and then you 
edit one whole day afterwards, right? That's 200 days. Mm. So 200 out of like 365 days, I was like just running and gunning, shooting and just meeting people. Um, I think at this point in my life, and, you know, as I turn it, kind of turned 29 in January, um, I've sort of slowed down on that. I started to sort of embrace nurturing the friendships that I, that I have, you know, it's, it's like a photographer mentality. It's like, you, you, th- you know, you don't know this person, you like this person's work, you want to shoot with them. Um, and it may or may not be good. There's so many chances for like fuckery where the sun's not out. You guys just don't like gel together. Mm. The mindset of both of you are just like different and it can just kind of just not put out this work that you kind of hope for. So I think for me at this point, I'm just sort of um, working with like close friends and just people that I've worked with that I know that I don't have to think too much. I can just focus on my own thinking when I'm shooting. But in Mm. terms of like, you know, I'm still shooting people that I haven't shot with before. Um, I think I just sort of reach out to them, tell them like, hey, I like to shoot and you know, if they don't like my work, they can they probably won't write back, but hmm. uh, I think the ones that do, uh, we kind of like figure out ideas uh, where we're what we're thinking, where we're coming from, what kind of pushes us, motivates us uh, inspires us, what music we listen to, movies that kind of you know, have been on our minds for a while and we kind of just meet up and go from there. Hmm. It's like a blind date. Well, that's that's an interesting aspect to it because it's like when you're saying about your friends before and they have this assumption of what your photo shoots must be. And I think it's it's almost like um, it's a compliment to the way the work looks because there's an intimacy to it that genuinely, you know, if, if I showed someone your work and was just like, oh, this is what this guy's taken of his girlfriend, they'd be like, yeah, yeah. because it looks like that. It looks natural. It looks like there's just an intimacy to it even if like i said that's just the the show of it but right. like how much time do you do you typically spend with a person before you're able to kind of break through that that awkwardness to just to get that kind of um that feel or is it just if it's there it's there and if it's not you'll never get it in the time that you're allowed so i was like a really awkward kid when i started photography I was just a really awkward kid. I think I was just in my mind all the time. And I was incredibly, I was just an awkward kid. So I remember like my first shoot, there was like this website called Model Mayhem. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know about this? Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. It's just, a, it's just a cesspool of fuckery now. But I mean, I mean, even then when I started it, it was kind of like this, like, you know, where are we? What are we trying to do? And, um, I was doing this like clothes shoot with this like person I never met and we were supposed to meet up at the High Line in New York City which is like kind of like this old train track that used to like shuttle meet across the west side but now it's like this really cute kind of uh, pedestrian walkway hmm. and I remember taking a shower and I was just like oh my god okay okay like just don't be awkward and and uh, you know just talk about like her hobbies and like you know and it's just like this mentally psyching myself to just perform on this shoot because I just haven't shot that much. I haven't met a stranger before. I was just shooting friends that I've known for since, you know, middle school. Um, And so, like, when we shot, like, you know, it felt like an hour before anything sort of cemented of normalcy. Mm. 
And I think over the years, I sort of, like, got better at it the more people I shot. Um, and I think, like, I think there's just, like, certain things that I kind of learned to pick up on that I noticed that sort of... It's just, like, okay, let's let's go from strangers to, like, friends as fast as possible. Um, I think for... Like, now when I shoot with people, I think, like, you know, I think... I usually don't work with models that... Who don't really have a lot of work. Hmm. Um, because I think I've run into that issue where, like, they don't have a lot of work. I meet up with them. They don't really understand the professionalism and just, like, the rhythm of shooting that I don't really need to partake in myself anymore. Um, so I, I do kind of, like, want to work with people who who just know, like, you know, this is a shoot, we're showing up, you know, we have these ideas, we, we know the routine, we know how to communicate before, how we communicate on set, but how do we communicate afterwards with regards of, like, sending each other photos and whatnot. Um, yeah. Does that answer it? Or... Yeah, no, certainly. Um, so how old oh, were you when, you when you did that, um, that shoot at the, um, um, that you were just mentioning? So that first initial meeting a stranger shoot. 20. 20. Um, yeah. So that, it's that point of you saying, like, if you reach out to any model now, you've got your website and you can put it, put it to them and you've got this, again, this catalog of images, which is just like, I'm clearly professional at this. Like, I've been doing this a while. Here's, here's what I do. And anyone who sees it can, can see that for themselves. When you were starting out there, like, how different was that process because again terrible i think even for because i'm 29 as well so people in our our generation if you're reaching out to to people especially people you don't know or even friends asking like oh do you want to do this like um like a nude photo shoot or something there's always that expectation of just like all right dude what you doing you know or did that never happen (laughs) and they were just like no you're sound so it's all right i mean that first shoot that i did uh it was clothes yeah. Like my so. my background came from like working on modeling agency, assisting photographers for like fashion shoots. Like I was just I just put my head down and just like focus myself on on doing this work for other people. You know, I spent a lot of my time making other people's dreams and ideas and perspectives come true. Um I didn't even like shoot my first nude until like maybe a year after that. Like I think I was just sh- I was shooting this person i don't know even how i met her i think it was still model mayhem we're just shooting clothes and she was just like oh i can shoot nude if you want i was like i've never done that before she was like oh it's really cool and then i kind of just shot with her and it's i think it was just like a, a mixture of emotions of just like confusion excitement and um interest and also just like i just having no idea like how to do it because mm. i never done it before it's yeah it's kind of scary because like you don't have this like portfolio of work to say hey this is like what i do um you're building this portfolio uh and at the beginning like you know i built my portfolio just doing these test shoots trade shoots um do you know what these are no so uh test shoots or trade shoots are this you uh both parties agree to shoot for the sake of photos without any monetary exchange so there's a lot of model agencies that have all these new models come in, new faces, who just got signed, who flew across the country, whether to LA or New York or other big city in Europe, to 
uh, work as a model, but they need a book to bring this book to these um, to these clients and see if you know they want to hire them. So they're not going to get the best photographers, you know, shooting magazine publications and doing these big jobs to hire this model. So it's sort of like these photographers that you know are willing to shoot these models to build their book, and the model needs someone to build their book. Um, so that's kind of like what a trade is. Um, so I just did that a ton for for a while. I probably shot like well over a hundred people over the course of like a year and a half. And I think over time, like from myself seeing myself at, at twenty with pretty much no book and seeing myself now, I think it's definitely a lot easier to just say like, look, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I do. If it's something that I haven't done before, I can still say like, look, like. But I've done this. So if you're willing to take that leap of faith with me, you can, they'll do it. Some people just might not. When I shot Neons for the first time, I didn't have a Neon book. Um, and it was a, it was a pain in the ass, even just to convince my friends to do it. Uh, because they're like, I don't, I don't know what you're trying to like do with this. So, but I mean, after like, you know, the first six months of just like shooting people and fucking up a bunch and uh the photos getting like a little bit better i think eventually then people start to see it and they want to do it and it's a compliment but also kind of weird now where models will be like i want to shoot neons but like i'm like i've always wanted to, i love shooting outside more than anything else in the world because neons are such a a tedious slow way of making those photos um, but it's a compliment to see that all these models now want to do these neons. Mm. But I think it's also this like new trendy thing happening. I was going to say, because I remember you posting about that. Um, you had people asking you like how to do it. And it's a response I've seen a lot of photographers do of just fucking work it out for yourself, you know? Yeah. Because there's got to be a point, especially... Well, I'd, like, have you ever had it where you've seen your work... like your style of work replicated in other photographers and you have to just go that's just the way it is because you can't really copyright um an aesthetic and even though like say with the neons or even like the um the body paint stuff you were doing Mm. even though that's something i would associate with your work i could easily imagine other photographers seeing that and being like well we're going to put our own spin on it and you just have to go yeah fair enough they they just it's a, it's a totally different world. I think in, like, I went to film school. I, I love cinema. I, I follow people in the movie industry. And I think, like, okay, I remember when I was in film class. There's a screenwriting course. And this guy was like, he's like, it's kind of like Pulp Fiction meets Seven. And, you know, like, you, he's reading the script out loud. I'm like, this is just straight up ripping someone's work. And I think in the film industry, like, I think if you copy or imitate, I think you get shitted on. I think people just call you out for just being unoriginal. And, but I think in photography, it's just widely accepted to be like, fuck it. No one owns anything, so I'm taking it. So not even to speak about, like, neons, like, I mean, if you if one were to google just like these photographers who imitate one another they'll take like photographers now in like 2020 will take photos from vanity fair vogue all these magazines in the past and just 
take the same theme and idea and just recreate it sometimes shot for shot and it's a it's incredibly like just like I don't know. I, I, I don't think it necessarily benefits anyone except for the person that copied it because you did the least amount of work possible. Um, mm. So when I see people do neons now, it's like, well, I can't do anything about it. But I mean, hopefully you were inspired enough to pursue exploring color theory or playing with these colors or paints or gels or whatever it is that you like to do and go from there. I think it would be sad if these artists or other people would be inspired by something, take it, do it for a bit, and once that trend ends, hop onto something else. Because then you're not really, I'm such a fucking pretentious prick when I say this, but like, <laughs> like I think as an artist, I think you have to like constantly push everyone else to do better. You know, whether I put something out there and then someone has to go like, whoa, but I wanna do better than that. and. I think when everyone's kind of pushing each other to elevate and like push the storytelling, push the technicalities, like push the limits of things, I think it pushes everyone to want to do better. But I think, uh, I mean, this is my opinion. I think there's just certain people that um, don't really perceive it like that. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. I guess that's the way that I kind of approach doing my work because I'm completely unsatisfied with my work the next week. It's it's incredibly depressing, and I constantly have to remind myself to like be proud of myself and to to be happy of what I've done. But my mind's mm. always like, yeah, but you could have done that better. So let's do better next time. Hmm. That's an interesting point because um, when I was just doing a bit of research on you, and I saw your your Patreon, and I saw that for one of the tiers, you offer a an online mentorship for um, whoever's got that tier, like. Um, once every like a mentorship thing once in a while yeah so is because this is something that you've learned yourself through these these photo shoots as opposed to like you being the assistant for a nude photographer when it comes to like mentoring people who presumably come to you because they're interested in this style of photography how how does that kind of work because i could envision it as being again the same as what we were saying about your style before it's something that you've learned by doing not because someone's told you how to do it yeah so is it like is that what you tell people to do or do you give them more specific like here's here's the things to avoid if you're ever doing these kind of shoots or i think it's a mixture of both like there was this one guy i mentored for a while i think it was like i was mentoring him for about two years um and you know, with technicalities, you can teach someone, I think, like, advice on how to time manage on set. That's something that you you can push them. But I think at the end of the day, what I tried to get him to do the most was you have to go out there and shoot no matter what. And you have to, like, come back and we talk about what you liked, what you didn't like, what fucked up, what ended up being really good at the end of the day. And just improving on that. Because... I never think that I'm, I never think that I'm right. I always think that I'm more wrong than right. But I'm trying to get them to a place where they can think for themselves and embrace their own style. Because this this person that I mentored, he had a completely different style. Mm -hmm. He did flash, he did very strange compositions. And I told them like, look, like that's really, really rad. 
and you should do that because I see your style and I see who you're influenced by and you should keep pursuing that and I can help you in these avenues of like how to deal with a model sometimes or like how to light things sometimes and you know what a how to how to get all your assets of photos by the end of this time frame and I think those are things that I can help people kind of like catch up really quickly rather than go through like the years of mm. mess ups and trauma that I had to go through um so I think that's kind of my approach on mentorship I can't be the person to do these workshops where I show up and just like teach a class of like 20 people because I think it's just this generalized information and I went to a film school where I was given these generalized uh, opinions to think about things of like you have to follow these rule of thirds you have to worship Martin Scorsese Citizen Kane is somehow the best movie in the world it's like <laughs> it's like what but what if I don't like Citizen Kane what if I think Taxi Driver is mediocre you know and I think because I went through that sort of like teaching and having been told like this is exactly how you should think and do and this is the right way to do things I think I think at the end of graduation when you see these theses they all start to like feel the same and think the same and and the dialogue feels the same and it's almost like this professor was just like molding us into like these creatures mm. of thinkers to think like this person but so because I hated that so much and I'm so anti you know just being told what to do I think when I tell other people what to do I'd say like you should think for yourself hmm. essentially give yourself the lessons you'd want to hear yeah, and I think I, I think I want everyone that I ever give advice to who want it to embrace who they are. I think everyone has such a unique story that to tell someone to be something that they're not or do something that they're not just, you know, just puts more regurgitation of artwork into the world. And I think we, did, we need more different stories and different perspectives. Do you think social media promotes that or hampers that mentality because I feel like the way I see it is it, it can be really difficult to see original work on Instagram for instance because people will see things that they like and they automatically go oh I want to do a shoot that is that as opposed to people you know playing around with weird compositions or weird poses or, or whatever if it's that what they're doing or just other stuff um, but then likewise it opens you up to so many different people from all around the world you'd never know about. Um, yeah. So, but on the whole, would you say social media good for original ideas or bad for original ideas? Bit of a generalization, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, I would say it's a mixture of both. I think there are people who kind of follow trends and will do that until the day that they die and that's the life that they want to live. I think there are people who put out really interesting work and maybe people have never seen it before so they don't understand what's good about it and maybe people don't like it as much and then this person sees the these likes that don't mean shit but somehow validates someone's work, doesn't get a lot of likes and says, well, maybe I should not do that. Maybe that was stupid. Hmm. Um, I think just having this mass population judge a person's work um it's, it's kind of like scary to think about it you know like i, I have friends mm. who 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 write who who 
who paint or who shoot photographs and they're so scared to share it and I'm like why I mean you should just put your work out there and see what it's like and I think they're just very fearful of like this judgment of, because you know when you make something in the beginning it's just like it's your baby you you love it so much you want it to be great um as opposed to like you know me or other friends who have just shot thousands of thousands of photos that if one photo doesn't good doesn't do well it's like well who cares um mm. I'm, it's not that big of a deal for me so i think the, it's like the magnitude just feels so much larger um for these new artists who might have these really incredible ideas but just need to be like nurtured in a way and mm. i think nurturing in this world um predicated by likes and comments and 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 trying to hit the explore page is like this fucked up mini game that society's kind of like playing around with right now. Hmm. But I I think there are people who who do put out really good work and really interesting stuff and and they end up just kind of like blowing up and I I love when that happens. Well, let's let's talk about Instagram then because I seem to remember at one point um, one of your stories uh, and I think I'm paraphrasing here, but it was almost like you're wrong if I if you don't think that I give a fuck about deleting this Instagram like it doesn't matter to me just as as if you were saying like the idea that people wouldn't engage with what you're doing and that's some gigantic like terrible thing to happen it's like that's that's not true at all like your life continues with or without Instagram you still keep doing your shoots whether or not you know a thousand people like a post or ten people like it um when because the stuff I've read um, in the interviews you've done about your work, you know, you, you do talk with a, a profoundness to the images that you do. And I feel like it's always going to be met with just because how social media works, the majority of your audience surely aren't people that are on the same wavelength as you with what it comes to. Because like you say, it's, it's the titillation that comes with nude photography that there are going to be people who just look at it because of what is is there on a skin value or a skin skin deep level. So mm. when you post stuff on Instagram, do you just go, you know what, if 10% of people actually get it, then that's fine. And I don't mind that 90% of the engagement I get is from people who just don't seem to get it. Or would you really like to just go, everyone gets it? I mean, ideally, I would love... M- if it's 10% of people that get it and I can like get one new person a day to kind of see nature in a different way or see a human body in a different way or read the captions that I write and just try to like empathize with thoughts and feelings of someone else. If I get one person a day and maybe it just doesn't change this person entirely, but just nudges this perception a little bit more forward. um, I'm okay with that. I think it's, it's, you're right. It's like, you know, if I did a gallery of my work, there's not gonna a guy going to come up to me and be like, I want to fuck all these chicks. Because no one would ever in their right mind do that. But I think on Instagram, because the world's just so open and just wild there, yeah, people write r- incredibly inappropriate things. But mm. it's also like context of, you know, I could be posting this, you know, in a very peaceful and like, I'm I'm feeling good and I write this post and I see a sunset and you know some guy on the other ass of the world is like you know t- on the shitter and just wanting to see pictures of naked chicks and that's mm. p- what maybe what prompted this person to write these inappropriate things um so I I think if I'm able to get a couple people to kind of change their minds on things I think that kind of 
helps. I think, I think there are men who have wrote, written to me that kind of say that, you know, I, I perhaps maybe influence them on how they kind of perceive women and, and nature. And I think there are women out there who, um, I think more women write to me than men and what they write mostly falls under the same bucket of, you know, you inspire me to look at myself and feel more comfortable with, with my own body. And I don't, you know, some end up decide to, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take up new modeling, but I think other people are just okay with just being comfortable with their bodies and not having to share it. And mm. I think, I think little bits of, you know, people sliding in DMs in these very wholesome ways does kind of like make me want to continue on. But yeah, if I get deleted, who gives a shit? I mean, the world's not going to end. The world goes yeah. on. I mean, I've been deleted so many times. I was going to say, yeah, because how many, how many Instagram accounts do you have now and have you had previously? I regrettably, I regrettably have three Instagram accounts. I think that's three too many. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had an account when it was at like 90,000. Mm-hmm. And at the time it was like huge. And I, I like figured out the algorithm. I was like, I'm posting at 12 o'clock on the dot. I didn't even write captions. I just tagged the model and I threw an emoji and called that work and you know these posts would get like 10,000 likes 12,000 likes and I was just like gaming the system I was like gaining like two three thousand followers a day and then I went away for a bit like I didn't post I was like shooting people up in the mountains and I was like oh you know what it should it'd be kind of nice if I just posted something right now so I just posted five photos in a row and I didn't censor the nipple completely and I just got deleted and it was like heartbreaking and then I made another account and I got that up to like 50. And I remember taking a year off from Instagram to just like figure out my own problems in my head. And when I went away, yeah, like what you were talking about before, like friends wrote like, did you die? You know, like, where did you go? And people would stop texting me or like hitting me up to chill. I was just like, wow, like I almost feel like I need this application to tell people that I'm alive. Hey, look at me do you want to hang out with me? And it's just this, you know, and, and, and me at some point was definitely influenced by likes and whatnot. And knowing that likes at that point equaled more likes because you would get pushed onto the explore page. And then once that one got deleted, I was like, well, this is the last time. And honestly, like if I get deleted, I get deleted because it's already an uphill battle for me of, I'm shadow banned, um, and if people don't know what shadow banned is, is um, your p- photos won't ever show up on other people's page. So if if someone's following me, and they like my photo, people following that person won't ever see the, my photo. Mm-hmm. If they type my name out like S A M L I and leave out the V M, they won't find me. And if I post anything, even if I completely censor everything, it could get deleted. And so, you know, Facebook uh, has just made it impossible for a lot of creatives to um, fully grow organically. It's they're they're kind of stopping it. An interesting part to that for me is I've had Instagram since 2013 one Instagram the entire time, right? 
I'm still chasing a thousand followers, and part of me feels like if I get to a thousand, I'm just going to delete the thing and be like, I've done it. I've completed Instagram it. as far as I care. But Put that on the resume. <laughs> well, <laughs> the thing is, it's like we we know through through the reports and the evidence to it that notifications create um, that like serotonin buzz in our head. You know, like it feels good to get a notification. Mm. And there must have been a point for you where you went from um, shy 20-year-old just kind of starting to do shoots with strangers to you post a photo and it's just going to get flooded with likes. Like, yeah. it must feel good, even though you know, oh, this isn't an, like a good way to get a buzz, but it must yeah. feel good to, to get that response and difficult to kind of just to drop it all of a sudden. Yeah, I felt like I was like smoking crack for like fucking <laughs> half a year. <laughs> and it, and it, it's like all types of wrong too and okay so back when i had that 90 i was hitting like 10k likes that's that's an incredible engagement mm. um i don't know the math on that i feel so stupid but um 10,000 on nine percent that's great right now you'll be lucky to hit like three four percent and i remember i had 90k and i was doing this photo shoot in la and the model, she was like, yeah, come over to this place. Um, my friends are just making music, but it's a really beautiful house. We can shoot there. I was like, great, I'll meet you there. You know, I take an Uber there and we're shooting and I meet the two people who live there. I was like, hey, how's it going? Like, you know, my name's Sam, blah, blah, blah. And they didn't really take an interest in me. And, you know, we kept kind of shooting and, um, you know, we kind of had a break, so we're just drinking water and just talking. And I talked to them about what the music they made, and I was like, "Oh, let me see your Instagram." And and they're like, "Oh, what's your Instagram?" And I showed them my Instagram, and maybe like twenty minutes later, um, these chicks were just like, like, "Oh, we should totally um, shoot sometime," and uh, I I think we can. I would totally go uh, shoot nude with you, and it went from this like. I don't want to look at your face, talk to you, to let's do all the things. Mm. And I think for me, my assumption is that it was only because I had these amount of followers. And then, like, it started to get really fucked up because, like, you know, the people I'm starting to meet want to do things. I'm like, well, do you want to work with me because, like, you want to work with me or you want to work with me because I have this number floating above my head are you genuinely caring about me or you're just using me for something um and i think that kind of got me really paranoid like my doctor friend at some point was just like yo you know if okay if i met you at like a house party i wouldn't say hey my name's sam i have ninety thousand followers that's just like <laughs> wrong in every single way i'd walk away <laughs> yeah but like you know, my friend my friend would be like, yo, man, it's my boy, Sam. He's got 90K followers. He's so dope. He's a photographer. <laughs> and I'm like, and like, of course, like the people are like, oh, whoa, whoa why do you have 90,000 followers? You must be interesting. But like after the fact, I like went up to my friend. I was like, dude, don't, don't introduce me like that to new people. <laughs> like, I don't want to talk about myself the whole time at a party. And it's just not the right way to like meet someone organically. Hmm. But it's weird though as well because like your your catalogue of images, having a big following is it must be almost like a sign of quality for, for models you haven't worked with for them to be like, Well, I guess he must be legit, otherwise he wouldn't have this many followers. Like if you had, you know, the, the amount of followers that I have, 
it'd probably be like, well, <laughs> is he that good? <laughs> yeah, it, no, it's 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 so it's so fucked up for that to even be a thing because if a person's work is good, whether you have five hundred like five hundred followers or five hundred thousand followers, it shouldn't mean anything. Mm. But I think it's just like you can't hate you just hate the game mm. it's the game it's like you know because if this model shoots with the person with half a million followers and he tags you and then you get more followers and likes and it's just a numbers game but it's just this outside of Vince, who gives a shit mm. i mean that's what i say um so i try i try as hard as i can to like i have i don't have uh push-up notifications for anything on my phone I don't like if I go on Instagram, I'll see the DMs and the likes. But I, it wasn't like before where, you know, when I post a photo and I was like, oh, let's turn on post no- notifications and drain my battery. Just like watch mm. all these notifications like pop up. Um, I just kind of just like realized that it was incredibly toxic for my own mental health and just realizing like I don't I don't need that at all. And it it is wrong. And I think there's I think it's social media shows a lot of messed up things about how we go about things seeing mm. people and because because that's the thing though it, it's addictive isn't it so that engagement all of a sudden to be flooded with that like you know i don't think it's it's out of um it wouldn't be out of politeness for you to just say like you feel important when you're getting that much engagement right like it's everyone cares about my work it's validation because you know it's that thing if i've known i've known people who will post an image and if they don't get like 50 likes within a few minutes they're like oh my god it's terrible delete it and now they feel shit about themselves so it's almost like it's just was there a point then for you where you where you went right i've almost enjoyed the game of this to an excess and now i need to stop because it is getting worse for yourself and you had to kind of check out of it? I think the first time I got deleted, I remember I was at my ex-girlfriend's house. I was like, oh, it's finally happened. She's like, what? It's like, it's finally happened. I finally got deleted. She's like, nah, shut up. You didn't get deleted. I was like, no, it really, I really did. And at first I didn't really care because I think like they kept being like, hey, we're going to delete you. Don't do it. I was like, you're not going to fucking delete me. And then they did. And, I think I was just like, first I didn't fucking care. And then I was like, well, this kind of sucks. I was following all these people. How do, I don't remember all the people that I was following. This, this sucks. And if I want to reach out to them, do they do they have my number? Do they do I have to follow them and on Instagram? Like sliding into the DM like, hey, I got deleted. And that whole process just was so uh, annoying and kind of sad the first time. And then when I made my second account, I really wanted to not just post these, you know, emoji and just the tag of the model that I shot and start doing these captions. That one, when I got deleted, really pissed me off because mm. I felt like I cultivated or gathered this this really wholesome community of people who wanted to celebrate the things that I wanted to talk about. And... I think when that one got deleted, I think this time I'm, I just really don't care as much. Um, so I think like through the progression of having these accounts being deleted, I think it's more so helped my own mental health to just be like, it really doesn't matter. Mm. 
It shouldn't. It should not matter. But it always will matter. Hmm. Because it's funny, the, um, the thing you're saying about the, the girls in L.A., it's almost like if you presented it as you were doing a shoot with someone and went, right, I can pay you $200 for this shoot, or I can guarantee you 15,000 followers on Instagram. And how many people go, I'm going to take the thing that I can't use to live on versus actual legal tender. Yeah. And I think oh, the they thing would is, choose I the 15,000. <laughs> Everyone would choose the 15,000. That's how like stupid this is. It's like it's it's like it's like it's like monopoly money. Hmm. That's all it really is. Um yeah, I mean I think the whole I, I think a good part of this uh small industry within Instagram of like nude photography um is kind of like shifting at this point because i think before i think models depended on model, uh, photographers to pay them to get money and i think now it sort of exists of where they're like well i can take my own photo and i can post that on patreon i can post that on OnlyFans, and mm. i could make money that way um but magazines there's there's a huge amount of online magazines that actually make a significant amount of money but they still do these practices where they won't pay mm. there's this one instagram account with like a million followers wants my photos i was like look i know you guys make guap like can you throw me like a bone and they're like yeah you know it's for exposure i was like what are we in 2014 like mm. i'm a fucking grown-ass adult maybe when i was 20 <laughs> years old yeah, and yeah. like you know it, it's not that big of a deal but i think when i'm 28 now and I have like bills to pay and I have like shit I want to do um it's not it's not worth it and then they're like I'll give you a hundred bucks I was like you want to give me a hundred bucks for me what about the model what about the time that I spent editing it what about all these things and you know if they took the photos and posted on their thing they'd probably make 10 times that Mm. in return does that make it difficult to kind of be in the photography industry when stuff like that happens because it just feels like there were unwritten rules that everyone kind of followed with if we're all working in the creative industry as long as everyone gets paid everyone's happy and time for exposure will always be a thing for younger photographers and creatives to just kind of cut their teeth but like you say when you get to a point where you're paying bills and you know your images are seen by god knows how many people so what does exposure mean for you at this point so is it difficult to just go, fuck, do I even want to bother working with magazines? If this one's like this, will others be like it as well? Yeah. Um, I think some magazines are different. I think I think there's some magazines that I support and I get behind their, their platform of what they believe in. Um, there's one that I've been working with continuously called P Magazine. Mm. Um, and they make these beautiful print books and... Uh, you know they get all these talented artists from all over the world to just like do it pro bono and and be like look like we just want to celebrate how how great uh nudity can be and 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 explore that with all these talented people from all over the world and i don't mind doing that for free i've never cared but i think there's other people who and you know that magazine p magazine i they break even you know, and and if they make a profit, the amount of time that they had to do to do all the layouts and like do the printing and the making sure the whole printing 
process is like good to go um they're they're probably just breaking even but i think these other magazines that kind of have these huge followings and they definitely make money um i just don't bother with them anymore i think like you know there's all these it's it's all about quantity rather than quality now I, there used to be this i mean there still is this one online magazine which i'm not going to mention because i'm about to talk shit about them uh but i first started with them and, and i would give them stories and when they shared my photos that would be my photo set for the day i got the thursday slot hmm. and now if if i gave them a story your thursday slot is shared with like six other individuals so they're just so what they want to do is like these magazines are saying i don't I don't want this other magazine to have it. So I'm just going to take it all. And I'm just going to post like eight, eight photo stories today so that more people come here. And then the attention gets divided and the love isn't sort of like given to each individual photo set. Mm. Cause it's, it's clickbait culture in the end, isn't it? It's, you know, the amount of people that are going to go onto their website is the amount they're going to get from, from advertisers. And I think that was the, a thing I was thinking of recently with with Instagram is, um, you know, I get paid for photography work that I do with um, a lot of um, like finance companies and stuff that need headshots and things like and uh, like reportage stuff like stuff that pays the bills, right? And but then yeah. there's photography that I really put a lot of effort into, and I post it on Instagram, and it feels like within you know 24 hours, if I'm lucky, it, that's when it stops accruing likes like it's just that's it's done it's had 24 hours where people were going to see it and it's gone yeah and i just go did i really put all that effort into making something for it to just be disregarded and to like repost an image feels like well you can't do that that's like against the house rules of instagram you know yeah yeah and yeah, yeah. just go well there's either posting on instagram and just hoping that as many people see it as they do a gigantic void and then paying to have your work in like a gallery where you go mm. everyone come and look at this for a few weeks and then you know everyone's seen it and you've had a chance to talk about it and it's center stage but there's there's very few opportunities for like a middle ground and for me personally it was just making me feel like what is the point of me even making images other than for myself so like why, it's, it's, why bother I, sharing them i think it's just a circle I think mm. I I think I realized this for myself like you 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 make photos, you post photos to then hopefully make more photos with other people and then you just keep doing that and if you, if if I were to fall under this world of just constantly doing things for free then I'm going to be f- fucking homeless eventually um and I mean, yeah, I mean, I wonder what the middle ground is, I think. I mean, I mean, I was talking to a bunch of artist friends of mine about doing a gallery where people, you never post a photo, right? Everyone has to, like, put a sticker on their phone. And these photos that you see in this gallery from all these different artists will only be shown here mm. tonight. And if you want to buy a, a, a print of it, you you get it the old school way. You get the original raw file and a photo of whatever tiff or jpeg and that's it you want to you want to throw it on the internet you want everyone to like just drag and drop save it on your phone go right ahead but you own the only one and everyone leaving this gallery will have only seen it with their eyes and they're gonna have to like 
do with the old school way of like describing the photo. Yeah. Oh, it was like all these like it was like these fields and like it was like a yellow. Oh, you gotta see it. You gotta go. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Um, I was doing some interior photography for. So I live in in Jersey, which is a absolute tax haven for millionaires. And Lovely. There are just crazy mansions all over the place, and I was taking photos in one. It was like some guy who he owned an airline at one point so that's how that's how much money he's rocking nice. and we're shooting in his indoor swimming pool and the guy's like right you can take a photo from this angle but you need to to censor this gigantic eight foot painting at the other end mm. because it was like the artist has made the guy sign sign like like an nda no one else mm. can see this who isn't in your house and there was part of me that was like, oh, that is just so typical of, you know, like art as an exclusion from people. But then another side of me was like, there's actually also something really beautiful about that. And just knowing that you're witnessing something when you're there that not everyone has seen. And it's an image that kind of gets to be its own thing. You know, it's not it's not the Mona Lisa at this point where yeah. so much of the luster has kind of gone from it. Um, and I wonder if in what you're saying there is almost a point of going taking art back from a thing that just everyone gets to be involved in which sounds great to going let it just be for the people who really want to appreciate it yeah but what do you think on that i think when someone sits at a gallery they're giving themselves over and the time they they took a train they drove they're at this place now and at most there's like 20 maybe 50 i mean even if there was a hundred photos in this gallery you got a hundred of them Mm. you took the car here you you took the train here you're not going to just look at everyone look at every photo for like one second and then just leave but that that's the same mentality of like looking at photos on on instagram or any other social media the fact that your thumb can just flip work that took hours perhaps or a day or weeks Mm. in a split second blows my mind it's it's the wrong way to appreciate and and just take the time to see the intricacies of of the artwork and you know i think when you do go into a gallery you you you're in a different mentality to kind of want to like sit down and you know take it in and, 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 and really think about what the point of it all is. But I think uh, I think Instagram and social media are just like these, it's, it's just they want to glue you there. They want you at the museum forever, mm-hmm. right? And they don't want you to leave and they, you don't, they don't want you to get bored. It's what you were saying before. It's like, yes, every all your likes and engagements disappears after 24 hours. When I had that first account and I just figured out this algorithm um, I got maybe 80-90% of my likes in the first two hours because it's chronological right but but then once you got all your likes you just stop going on the f- phone because you post your photo you're done you got you got your, your, your crack and you go about your day but now Instagram just figured out that why would I do that when I can just give you likes throughout a 24 hour grace period for you to consume when you wake up, when when you're about to get lunch, when you're talking to a friend, uh, when you're 
taking a shower, when you're on the shitter, when you go to bed. It's just, it's just, it just wants to be there all the time. And I think, I mean, you know, I mean, there's so many documentaries about it that, that talk about this addiction um, and what, you know, Facebook and Instagram does. But I, I think for me at this point, it's just like, it's, it's really at the expense of people's sanity. Mm. money for for people's sanity and i think it's messing a lot of people up and i think that's messing it's influencing how people are creating their artwork now too mm. when when we're talking then about um like documentaries that shine a light on like the negative sides of social media and obviously a big one um especially for for teenage girls is body uh, positivity and you mentioned it before, like that's something that you want to um, bring across in your work. But I'm curious, at what point did that feel like that was something that was actually really important to bring across in your work? And how did it develop? Because obviously your perspective is that of um, someone from the other gender. So was it through conversations with the models themselves, through friends, or something completely different that allowed that be to become a big factor in your work? I think in the beginning, I was much more into nature because I grew up as a city kid. I grew up in New York City for most of my life. So to go to nature for the first time, I thought like, wow, this dope, this hiking thing is dope. I'm all about it. And I think eventually I started thinking, well, why not take these people to go hike? Because I love hiking and then we can shoot there and it's it's beautiful there. And... I would shoot all these people at these beautiful places and there's something really mesmerizing about you know the sun sets at 8 it's 7.45 the sun is dipping it's the wind starting to pick up and you guys are shooting the music's playing everything feels right you can't mess up because the light is just perfect right and it's like you it's like a high and I think a lot of I'm not going to say a lot. I think there are a handful of individuals that I do these shoots with out in nature, which I did heavily, you know, four or five years ago, um, that would tell me these stories of, you know, whether their agent at the agency was telling them that they needed to lose weight or their boyfriends or whatever said that, you know, they're too fat or too skinny. And, you know, uh, this one woman she just had like a, a an actual uh, body issue I don't know what it's called I should know what it's called but it, it just really it fluctuates with her like eating and her appetite and it just really sort of like makes it really hard for her to like stay at a consistent shape and that spells disaster for anyone working in the modeling industry mm. in New York City where you have to maintain your weight consistently throughout um, and I think over the years of just like shooting so many people and making so many friends who end up our models and hearing these stories, um, and just realizing like, this is not uncommon. This is, it's everywhere in every sort of magnitude, whether it be like a small thing of like, they're like, ah, oh, I don't want to look at the photos when we shoot. It's fine. I trust you to being like, I need to look at every single photo and I need to make sure these photos are perfectly edited 
to the point where by the time I'm done with my photos and they add it more on top of it if they wanted to it doesn't even look like them anymore mm. um, so I think I think after like shooting so many people and so many of them being friends of mine and understanding what their head goes through on a day-to-day basis made me figure realize that I should put that more into attention and a photo can't necessarily depict that complex thought of what body issue is or body positivity is in the 21st century so I have to write things along with it mm. so there's something you, you mentioned before which was um, that some models when you you give them the images and they'll edit them and apply their own filters and anything is that ever a conversation that you have to have with them at the time like you know this is this is my art so you know don't change it or are you more just like yeah you you can do what you want with it um i i think the i mean my perspective on that is i think the ownership of the photos is kind of equal it should be equal i think the person taking the photo Mm. shouldn't necessarily have full rights of someone that they took a picture of which is another person right um so i think you know sometimes if a model says like hey you know can you fix this pimple or this scar or can you do something to this face i'm like okay i mean like i'm i don't I can do the pimple, I can do the scar, I can do the blemishes, like, that's totally fine. But I think in regards to, like, changing and distorting your body shape, I'm not going to do that for you. I don't believe in that. Um, Because I think that's further perpetuating this perfect body image, which is currently just messing up a million, billion women and young girls right now in the world. And so if they want to do that, they can do that. Um, I kind of, like, say, you know what? here's the photos you do your thing Hmm. has there ever been a point then where you've seen a model repost one of your images and you're like oh god i don't (laughs) i don't want to even be associated with that because of what you've done to it or is that that's never happened uh i think when they go about doing themselves like they're actually pretty good at doing it it's (laughs) like it's almost respectable right like i did one um earlier this year and she did some changes and she posted it and I looked at it and I was like, yeah, that's not bad. That's actually pretty good. I was like, and I texted her. I was like, did you, what app did you use Photoshop? Like, did you get <laughs> someone to do this? She's like, no, I just did it myself for like five minutes. I was like, right. Okay. It's on my face um, tune or something. <laughs> yeah. It's probably something like that. So, I mean, I think if like uh, a model, uh, changes the colors completely, mm. I think that's when I get pissed off because it's kind of, t- you know, if I post neons and they throw an Instagram filter, not that anyone would be so stupid to do that now, but to throw these filters on and post it, I'd be like, well, that's kind of fucked up because I spent like a lot of time uh, making sure these colors were right and and you kind of botched that. So mm. it, it is, I see it as a form of disrespect, but I don't think anyone's really crossed that line. Okay. Is there, so a bit of a two-part question, but is there a shoot that, went so disastrously wrong that it became a huge learning experience for you and counter to that is there a shoot that just went so spectacularly right that it was also a learning experience yeah okay i mean i could i can tell you both if you want yes please Um, yeah 
I would say like the worst one was six years ago. Um, I did a road trip with this woman, and I was I was uh, twenty two at the time. I don't think I ever really been on the road with someone for three weeks straight. Mm. And we just had incredibly bad habits. I mean, we were chain smoking out this rental car. We were just taking Adderall and just having these long conversations, then coming down and then having these fights. And our um, our expectations of what we wanted these photos to be and and how good we wanted them were completely polarized. And you know, I think after that, I. I mean, the photos were great, but I almost wanted to kind of forget it because of all these experiences that kind of came before it. Mm. Um, so I, I think, you know, that road trip of 21 days shooting with this woman just taught me the lesson of... It taught me a lot of, like, life lessons. You know, like, why would I let people get to me? You know, or, like, learn to, like, communicate your space. You know, or just all these basic life lessons that I felt like I didn't have before. And I realized at that time, also realizing if I'm ever going to do a three week, like a cross country shoot in America to be absolutely positive that I can, we can tolerate each other for that Mm. long. We were just like, fuck it. Didn't even like think about it. And so it, it taught me a lot about myself. It told me to grow the fuck up. Um, you know, there there were so many things that kind of happened. I mean, I have no ill towards the woman. We talk here and there. Um, but it, it just didn't make sense, like, looking back now. Hmm. But at the time, it was like, let's, let's go. Because three weeks is an insanely long amount of time to spend with someone you don't know if you've got chemistry with. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a really stupid thing. And, I mean, she broke, she broke her leg climbing a tree we fought all the time she fucking stole my credit card uh like just all these lines just being crossed and drawn and i was a dick at at times too like don't get me wrong i'm not trying to point her as like you know she's she made it terrible like i I was probably Hmm. if not more responsible for how much i also made the experience bad or fed into this fuel Hmm. um so to speak was it just like, it just felt like that was, like, this is too cinematic to, for us to not do this? You know, middle of the night, let's just go do this. We'll take photos. It will be sound. Rockstar yeah, lifestyle it, kind of thing. And then you go, yeah. this is shit. <laughs> <laughs> God, these photos fucking suck. I don't feel like a rock star. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of like what it was. I mean, like, you know, yeah, I mean, we were, we were just, you know, just, it, yeah. Yeah, there's details I can't go into, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it it really has got to the point where you're like, "Fuck me, man! I I gotta go, I gotta get back home. Mm. This is bad." Okay. Um, so, oh yeah, sorry. Uh yeah, no, that's my that's my bad story that taught me a lot. Cool. So other side of that, uh, like just to end on a high, then what is a shoot that has just gone so well for whatever reason, or just a shoot that really stands out to you as like a seminal moment for you? Ooh. I think we'll go... I mean, there's so many. You know, I think there's some shoots that are just... That go so well and the way that... I mean, there's shoots where, like, you feel like you're a psychic. You know, like, both people are just reading each other's minds. The sun is perfect. The place is so beautiful. Like, you can't, again, like, mess up. 
Um, and those are like those shoots that every photographer probably fantasizes about, you know? Um, but I think the one that I would say that currently wraps around my head is probably the shoot, which I, I met my girlfriend now. Hmm. And that was, uh, last summer she flew from Berlin to New York and we shot at this beach, um, it's called Fort Tilden. So it's on the southern tip of uh, Brooklyn. And I've shot there before. It's a nice beach. It's secluded. Um, you can go around topless. People don't care. Um, nude? I don't know. That's a different story. Uh, but we went to this beach and we were talking uh, for most of the bus right there. And then we kind of got to the beach and we talked some more. And for me, I know that, like, okay, it's 3 o'clock, the sun's not setting until 7. Why would I do all the shooting now and exhaust you and then reshoot everything again when the sunset looks good? But then the clouds started to come. Mm. And I was like, well, this is... I'm like, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I would never, I never like, vocalize it. I'm, it's in my head. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm looking at the clouds. I'm seeing how things are progressing. And, you know, we talk more. We talk... We didn't shoot yet for, like, three hours that we were at the beach, right? And we were having this discussion, like, should we just, like, leave? Like, should we just, like, get on the bus back to Brooklyn and call it a day? We just weren't lucky. Um, and I was like, you know what, let's let's stay. Like, why not? And we we stayed, and it became this ridiculous sunset where if you looked into the water, uh, for, and from the angle in which the sun set behind me, looking into the water, it was this incredible pink purple pastel just the whole sky just super vibrant it wasn't just like little streaks of it it was it was like coated and then i was shooting her you know like the ocean behind her and she was like did you see behind you and i turned around and it's like this it's like this burning raging red orange sunset with all these clouds just like fluttering by and looking at this sunset i'm like this is the only place in all of New York City that can see the sunset right now. Because it, if, if I was back in Brooklyn or we were in, in the city in the, of Manhattan, you don't see it from this angle. It had to only be from this angle with how the light refracts with the clouds and the ocean and everything. And it, it, was, it was such a good sunset and we shot such good photos. And I really connected with this woman because... It's it's really uncommon for me or I think anyone to just straight up talk about like being depressed on a photo shoot. Mm. I think that's kind of just like you don't you just don't do it. You know you don't want to be a Debbie Downer. You don't want to be negative. You want to be the happy go lucky. My life's fucking great all the time. Let's not talk about the real shit. Mm. Um, but I was I was in the state of mind of just like you know I I hated photography. I hated myself. I I did. I was like I don't even want to be on the shoot, but I fucking promise. So I guess I'll do it. You know that was my mentality coming into the shoot mm. and so but she was completely comfortable with talking about it and she related to it and you know it's it, it is at times demoralizing to do a photo shoot where you don't get the sunset you want you don't get the conditions that you expect and it's it's a downer because you spent all your time getting there um so i think for this shoot meeting this woman who understood the the deeper, darker things of life and doing this shoot, which 
and getting the best sunset um, is definitely maybe not what photographers look for or hope for, but maybe what I was looking for. Mm. Was there a part to that then where, because you've, at that point, you've shot countless, countless shoots with so many, so many different women. Was there an aspect of like, oh, I've, I'm connecting with this person, but if we're on a shoot, is this, is it appropriate for me to be connecting? Like, is this really like, why couldn't I meet her in a different context? Or were you able to kind of like navigate through that so you were both on the same page? That specific shooter in general? Yeah, just because you were saying, obviously she would she would end up being your, your girlfriend, right? So obviously yeah. that was like the beginning of you guys connecting. Yeah. Um, but it's always that thing of, like you said, it's the professionalism of, of what you're doing. You know, it, you haven't gone there to connect with her on, on an emotional level to be in like a, in a relationship. But when you feel it being there, then you have to just go, well, yeah, it, it, it exists, doesn't it? But did you almost have to go, well, is it the right, like, should I say anything or should I just leave it? Like, Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on, on who you are as a person. I, I think for, for me... I think for me, I've, 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 yeah, I've, I've shot probably over a thousand women in my life at this wow. point, and I would maybe like say like there's maybe two dozen people that I've met and connected in such a way that it's almost like how is this happening? Mm. Because you know you've shot so many other people in this professional setting. And, you know, you guys can joke, you guys can connect, you guys can talk politics, you guys can vibe on an album, but it's it's not something where you're like, oh my God, this woman's, my, like, we connect so well, we can totally date. Like, is this, like, can she not see the signs? It's just like, no, you guys just connect. Everyone's being professional, right? Mm. But I think for me, I, uh, and the two, one or two dozen times where it is mutual, it is kind of tricky. You're just like whether I'm dating someone or she's dating someone is just like, yeah, let's, let's just enjoy actually, you know, each other's company. And that's, you know, um, or, you know, just respecting that. And, mm. you know, I think sometimes like the next day after you shoot, you're like, ah, it wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> like it's, you know, I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely do think that, um, you know, it, it's really hard to kind of like, approach that subject because I think you know when you do a shoot you can't really be doing that mm. um, but if you guys do get along really well it's just like well fuck like how do you what's there's no proper protocol about how of to course, do this yeah. um so I think for me like when I was single I think the best thing to ever do is just wait for if they want to ask you out for drinks if they want to go hang out again let them do it first don't mm. don't be the don't be the photographer that the week day after be like hey let's hang out that's weird i don't know other people do it it's totally fine i mean i think there's circles of photographers and models that all are fucking incredibly incestuous and that's that's <laughs> i'm not even sure that exists and i think there's other ones that are so deep into corporate so deep into professionalism like this is a job um i date people outside of my job mm. Um, because I think there's always circles. I think that's why sometimes people cross over to certain ones. And I think that's where issues start to exist. Certainly. And I think that's the thing, like that takes us around kind of full circle to what we were saying at the beginning where there, you know, it, it would be silly to, to not 
say like when you guys are, are taking photos in an intimate setting it's not like a film set where there's 50 people there and there's lights and there's there's no emotion in the room like if it's you and a model and even if you're going through these these intimate scenes and it's like oh we're just friends you're still indulging in in the enjoyment of the moment of it right so and sometimes that is certainly going to come out in a different way but it's about how you kind of navigate that space to go you're still the photographer there you're the guy with the power so to speak and that can always be that line that's so much easier for you in that position to cross than the model I would feel so it's you know your to your point of if you feel something you can't help yourself if you don't feel it but you have to kind of let them come to you after the fact because otherwise it, it does become that like that that pretty moral gray area where it's uh it can be an abuse of power yeah and i think that's such a great thing that you brought up because you are in a position of power as the, as the photographer i'll tell you like one story that i think is pertaining to this idea i had a friend he's not my friend anymore he also lives in new york city he was a painter and he saw that I was photographing all these models and how easy it was to meet models and shoot them as a photographer than as a painter. He wanted to pick up photography. We had gone along well. I said, sure, if you want recommendations for my uh, friends who have some time to do it, I'm sure they'll say yes. This is the first and this is the last time I've ever used my own reputation to reference other people to shoot with another photographer mm. and so he shot with a bunch of people and he well like my friends and yeah that was that and I remember uh when I was dating this chick at the time I started seeing his work and I looked at his work and I wasn't shooting a lot at this time. I took a break. I was like, I, I'm gassed out. I need a break. I look at these photos and I'm like, I really don't fuck with these photos. These photos are fucking shit. Mm. And, you know, I was like, am I jealous? Because I'm not shooting and he's shooting. Am I? Is it because like, uh, you know, like, like, where is this coming from? Right? Like, is this like some fucked up hatred in my brain that's just like taking it out on this guy? And at the end of the day, I made the conclusion that I just generally did not like his photos because it felt like the man or the person behind the camera was in this dominant position of power and asserting that onto the woman and in, so for example I'm at his place and he's like what do you think about this photo and it's a photo of him photographing this woman who's using the restroom and she looks incredibly candid but kind of like awkward and I was like it looks like you just kind of like walked in on her and he's like yeah that's what I did I was like yeah yeah but yeah I don't I don't think it's a good photo right so when I was hanging out with him and he had this really nice place I I he wanted my help in like fixing up the place and I was like okay maybe you get rid of this like giant jumbo chair you know it's just taking up the space of this 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 living room area that you got going on because it was like this open you know loft brooklyn space mm. and he's like no 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 i don't i don't want to get rid of the chair because i want to know if i sit on the couch if if the if the model sits on the couch 
that she might be more interested in fucking me, but if she's not interested, she'll sit on the chair. And I was like, this is how you do your interior design thinking? Like, you, th- you think about it like this? I was like, whatever, okay. I was like, look, how about you angle it your your couch so, like, you know, if it's a corner of the the home to put the couch, like, kind of, like, making a triangle. I was like, do that, and then you could put, you know, your big, cute plant in the back, and he's like, no, 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 I want it to guide towards the direction of the bedroom. And I was like, are you fucking mad, bro? So, I went back home. A few days later, I text my friends who shot with him, and I was like, hey, how did you go? And a hundred percent of like five models were like, I don't know why you recommended me to shoot with him. All he wanted to do was talk, like drink mezcal and talk about sex, and it was just incredibly uncomfortable. And I'm a nerd at heart. We bonded together because we played magic. And he, you know, hit me up. He was like, Hey, you want to play some magic? I was like, I don't think we're chilling, man. He's like are you serious? I was like, yeah, man, like, the shit that you pulled to my friends, like, that shit is not cool. And he, he what did he say? He was like, well, I, I, he's like, well, I'm not a, I'm not a professional photographer. I was like, I was like, right, but you don't have to be a professional photographer to be professional. Mm. And you can still hold some amount of decency. And I was like, I was like, I was telling him, I was like, yo, man, like, you keep doing this shit, all these references that I sent you for these model agencies, I'm gonna tell all these agents, like, to fucking dead you and just put you on a blacklist. And then you're never gonna work with anyone again. You, I'm like, bro, like, you're 30 something years old. You're shooting with these models who are 18, 19 years old. They're incredibly impressionable. They want to make people happy. And if they come from an agency, the agents just, like, train them like animals to be like, you have to do whatever makes the photographer happy. Mm. And so it's like this, it's like, it's, it's, it's all sorts of fucked up. And I was just like, look, like, you can't, you can't do that, man. Like, you have to be a better person than this. And he he definitely disagreed with me. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, I know you know what you're talking about. The fact that you talk about, like, your chairs and couches deliberately about, like, where you want to go with it. I know what you're fucking doing right now. I know I'm speaking some truth. And then eventually he got caught. And it's really funny because if any of my friends ever, like, listen to this podcast, they know who it is. And so this guy was shooting this chick this chick was taking a selfie in the mirror in his place he goes up to this chick and wraps his arm around her and she takes the photo and then she puts him on blast and being like he did not i told him i had a fucking like fiance told him wasn't interested and this is what he does he wraps my fuck he wraps his arm around my hand when i didn't ask for it and pretty much like everyone pretty much deaded this guy he stopped doing photography. He just disappeared off the face of the earth. And whether it be him or Marcus Hyde a year ago or Terry Richardson or Mario Testino or Bruce Weber, um, it's incredibly fucked up to see people come from a place of power and use it for their own ulterior motives, which mm. in most cases uh, lie with sex. 
Mm. And uh, I think what people are doing now, just being overly cautious with people and just communicating to the point of if one person fucks up, it's just like, let's just stop it here. Um, I think that's where people are going. And I, I think it's really great that a lot of models are empowering themselves to pick up their own camera to shoot other models who are their friends and just weeding out photographers in general. It's that thing though, isn't it? It's, it's body positivity and security for women because you know, to, to do a history of the, the world of modeling, it isn't a great, um, a great timeline because it is often women being, being told, like you're saying from agencies, go here, do this. And it's not even like the agencies necessarily even knew what was going on at some of these shoots. And the problem is, the more it gets exposed, which is, is great, the more people like yourself will always gonna, are going to have that uphill battle, which I just consider a necessary evil in the sense of it's something you have to do, to just be like, you know, I, I recognize the sins of people who've come before me in other male photographers, but that's why communication is such an important thing, right? Like, yeah. where you shouldn't just almost like jump straight into a shoot, like why it's important for you you and whoever you work with to build up a repertoire of do we do we understand where we're on the same page with this? You're not going to go, well, these are the, the photos I want to do on the day. And they're like, oh, shit, I didn't think we were going to be doing stuff like that. And it's like, yeah. oh, you know. So, like, just, just to finally end on with this, um, how how important is communication to any photographer at this point compared to photographic skill like you can be amazingly technical but if you're not good with actually speaking to people do you think photography is even a career you should pursue no i think if you want to be a good photographer you have to be a, a, a good human being and a good communicator anyone can pick up a phone I mean, I, I mean, look at these iPhones or Samsung phones or whatever. They're great. I mean, anyone can fucking make dope shit if you just open the camera, right? Mm. And I think being a, a good person is so... I don't... Yeah, like you can have like the, the $20,000, you know, medium format digital cameras. You can have your rec camera, but if you're an asshole and you just don't see the beauty in things, then you're you're probably not cut out for this and i think i think just being able to communicate and empathize and see where people are coming and just being someone outside of their own head is what i feel can make the photos something different to invite collaboration to communicate feelings that we might be uncomfortable with i think mm -hmm. to just kind of like take it on this shallow level of just looking at beauty as what it is and or looking at someone and saying this is i don't care who you are i have an idea of who you are and let's just go with that i think it's always recipes for something that just feels inorganic and stale mm. beautifully put mate sound well we will conclude it there um thank you so much for your time doing this mate i really appreciate it yeah it's really fun talking. It's Time good. Goodbye. Uh, so, what we usually do at the end is just um, what the best place people can can find you, follow your work. Like, what would you like people to do if they're they're interested in seeing what you're about? 
Um, you can check out my website at www.samlivm.com. Uh, if you have an Instagram, don't go on Instagram. I'm trying to get everyone to not get on Instagram. So, <laughs> But if you happen to obsess over Instagram, you can follow it at samlivm1, the number one. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's where you can find me and see what I'm doing. Sound, mate. Because one of the things we didn't speak about is that obviously you're you've got a passion for filmmaking as well um an interview i saw with you a few years ago said that there was something you were working on that was supposed to be out at the end of that year but i don't know if if it did come out is there stuff people should be just looking out for or anything like that yeah i've been i've been like in and out of talking about retirement it's like it's it's an ongoing thing of just like not wanting to shoot nudes anymore Hmm. um but i think earlier this year I just kind of came to that realization of like waking up one day and be like I just don't have the love for it anymore and uh it it really is me concluding shooting nudes uh with next year with some really big projects and uh I think after that I think it's going back to doing the filmmaking and you know using whatever skills that I learned in film school and just focusing on telling other stories and ideas and different characters um so yeah i've been pushing it but um hopefully when covid ends and next year ends in 2022 we'll start seeing more more video making sound so stuff to look out for then Uh, yeah happy days well again mate thank you so much for that uh and yeah maybe let's do it again sometime absolutely let's do it man Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Excessive Rumination is part of the I'm Glad You Exist podcast network run by me, John Leo. You can support the show by liking the network page at facebook.com forward slash I'm Glad podcast, following us on Spotify, Apple, Google and Amazon podcasts and giving us a rating on any of those platforms that allow it. You can follow my goings on at John Leo on Instagram or if you want to contact me, feel free to email at johnleo at gmail.com. This podcast was made to facilitate interesting conversations across the widest spectrum of podcast guests. The views they present are their own, and discussion about topics that appear here are always welcomed. Thank you again for listening. From one person trying to make sense of this mad thing called life to another, I'm glad you exist. <laughs>